This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. In the music field, uh, and then Jesus just broke into my life, and I made a decision never to sing for anyone else other than Jesus. And I've not been disappointed with that decision. Hallelujah. Amen. There is no one who deserves any praise and any glory other than Jesus. Amen. Well, it's a pleasure to serve you. I'm simply here to love you and wash your feet on behalf of Jesus. And the series that I'm preaching this weekend is entitled Partnership in the Work and the Purpose of God. And this is part two. And if you weren't with us tonight, let me, uh, last night, let me help you just by stating the five points that I raised because points make Hallelujah. Well, we talked about our partnership. Firstly, our partnership is in the gospel. Amen. And I talked last night about how I just fell in love with Jesus and how I also fell in love with the message. Amen. I love the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. And then the second point was advancement of the gospel sometimes happens as a result of what we go through in life. That God has promised he will turn everything for our advantage and especially for for the development, for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. And then we highlighted that actually, just as it was in the biblical generation in New Testament times, so it is for us that defense of the gospel is still needed today. This is a time not to dilute the message or introduce any compromise. This is a time to stand fast upon the word of God. Amen. Methods might change, but the message never will. Amen. And then whatever happens, we recognize that in life, whatever happens for you personally, whatever ever happens uh, for us as a nation, whatever happens for you as a fellowship, whatever is happening globally, remember this, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then, fifthly, finally, we recognize proof of partnership with Jesus and each other is seen in sacrifice and faithfulness, no matter what the cost. Amen. No matter what the cost is, we are called to prove our faithfulness to Christ and prove our faithfulness together. One of the key things we recognized last night was that our joining, our unity, our togetherness in partnership with Jesus Jesus is Godward, but it's also horizontal. It's also this way, that we are partners together. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell somebody we're on the same side. Glory to God. Now, this morning we're going to up, open up the book of Philippians because remember that uh, we, we uh, drenched this message in the book of Philippians. And I want to ask you to turn to chapter 3, where once again we're going to read some wonderful verses. And uh, I, I don't apologize for big Bible readings because we are meant to open the word of the Lord in church, aren't we? Amen. 
And so chapter 3 of Philippians, verses 1 to 21. Can you handle that? You can talk to me. Glory to God. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Whenever the apostle is uh, repeating himself, it's not because he's losing it. It's because he's, he's just affirming the seriousness and the importance of the message that is being communicated. And verse 2, he says, Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of, of, the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish, dung, that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Aren't you glad he took hold of you? Hallelujah. Amen. He took hold of you. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that to God will make clear to you. I sometimes read that and I think Paul is actually saying, God will eventually bring you around to my way of thinking. <laughs> Glory to God. But he'd heard from heaven to be able to say that. Amen. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. That's an amazing statement, isn't it? That where God has already lifted you to, where God has already positioned to you, your life must reflect that. So sometimes you, listen, this is a word from heaven for somebody right now. We'll come back to that. Listen, sometimes as believers, we need to stop pressing the self-destruct button. 
because Jesus has loosed you to live a brand new life. So how can you continue in what you're doing and in what you're operating in and even how your mind is working? Let the finger come off. Let the thumb come off and realize who you are this morning for life must be lived up to the level that God has already lifted you to. And where he's lifted you to is he has seated you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Where was I? Yes, thank you, bro. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to subdue all things will transform our lowly bodies so they may be like his glorious body. Amen. Isn't that amazing, that wonderful reader uh, of Paul? Listen, Paul is, is amazing, isn't he? I, I love the fact that he's such a preacher. He, he starts chapter 3 by saying, and finally, and then goes on for another two chapters. <laughs> Amen. That just gives me license, David, Pastor David, to sort of really, you know, do as many and finalies, brother robbers I need to do today. <laughs> Amen. So he's writing a powerful message. And the primary reason for this letter is to safeguard the believers from man-made religion and to keep them focused upon two things, focused upon Jesus and focused upon heaven. Hallelujah. Focused on Jesus and focused on heaven. So firstly, he says to them, watch out. Amen. Watch out. Don't let the past and don't let people rob you. Uh, as you walk with God, it doesn't take long for you to realize that circumstances and people and many things in life, things we go through can rob us like a thief coming into our house. And the particular thing he's addressing here is religious things were robbing these people of the grace and the freedom and the liberty that God had given to them in in Jesus. Religion was a problem. It was trying to ensnare them again. So let me just give you a little bit more of the scene and the context. Some who claimed to be of Christ were following another gospel, and it was no gospel at all, because it drew the believer back into the chains of religious law and Judaism. Legalistic Christian lifestyle can be so binding if you allow it to happen. But freedom and liberty and the grace and the mercy and the love of God frees you up to be who you really are, appointed in Jesus. And, uh, you know, religion puts the veil back on, uh, not just externally, if you know what I'm referring to, but also to the heart and the mind. But Jesus removed the veil and frees us up in the things of the Spirit. So he says, watch out. That's very strong language when we look at the Greek. Watch out. 
you know, watch out, be careful right now. And what are they to watch out for is the question we should ask. They are to watch out for those whose teaching is not from God. Now, when you read this passage, you could understand why the hearers could be easily offended. Amen. Please turn to your neighbor and say, the apostle wrote this, not this Paul. <laughs> okay, he wrote it, I'm saying it, because the language is serious. And this is what he says, isn't it? He calls these false teachers, can you hear it? Dogs and mutilators of the flesh. Now, we know he's actually very cleverly weaving this vocabulary into his message because it was the Jews, the Orthodox Jews, who would have said that any Gentile is regarded as a dog. And so Paul adopts this language and reminds them, actually, real spiritual circumcision has got nothing to do with the mutilation of the flesh, and it's got everything to do with the transformation of the spirit. It's got nothing to do with the external and what you practice and what you do. It's got everything to do with a change of heart and mind and spirit. It's talking about being transformed to be like Jesus. And so the Gentile believer was unacceptable, but Paul is introducing a whole new dispensation that has come through the amazing grace of God, and it's a wonderful expression of freedom as we walk through this message. Now, listen, let's just give you a bit more context of what was going on, because if you look at Acts chapter 10 with me, I hope you brought your Bibles, you know. I love it when Christians bring the Bibles to church. It's so important. I, I keep telling my the new fellowship, it's fantastic to see what's happened, because, you know, the problems with iPads and iPhones, nobody knows what you're carrying. So, so I love it when I've got a phone in my pocket, but I've also got a Bible. Amen. I love it when people walk to church with a Bible in the hand because it's saying to the community, it's saying to the people, we are people of the book. We are not only people of the way, we are people of the book. So I've encouraged all my people to bring the hard copy, glory to God, as big as you can, glory to God. Amen. A real bashing Bible, glory to God. Why not? Amen. Man, let's be seen carrying the word. And so Paul is, is actually bringing a great message to these people. From And I had a massive reading here. And blessing, Paul said, I think you better bring that down a bit. So I've, I've, uh, I've listened to my colleague. <laughs> and so let me read from verse 34. It says, this, you remember the previous verses in chapter 10? The, the context is Cornelius. Uh, Cornelius is a Gentile. And all his family came to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were all baptized glory to God they were born again and they were baptized and we pick it up at verse 34 it says then Peter began to speak I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right you know the message God sent to the people of Israel telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is the Lord of all you know that what has happened throughout Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. 
And we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem, where they killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. I, I tell you, I love baptismal services. I baptized 25 in eight months who have come to Christ in the fellowship where I'm pastoring. I love it. You know, if you've not been baptized the Bible way, let me challenge you this morning. Come up to Pastor Dave or one of the leaders and say, I'm ready, I need to be obeying and be baptized. So take that challenge this morning. So that's the context of what was happening. Gentiles were being saved and then false teachers were coming in and teaching another gospel. And Paul in the letter to the Philippians is addressing that. Now let's come back to Philippians again and we look at verses, chapter three, verses two and three, because Paul explains that it's those who worship by the spirit and those who glory in Christ and those who put no confidence in the flesh that are the true circumcised of God. Hallelujah. And that's the surgery of the word in the human heart. So we need that to happen for us. And then in verses, with big jump now, verses 13 and 14, we have those famous words coming up on the screen describing an athlete, an athlete who was running with his eye on the finish line. And I'd like you to read this with me right now as we uh, set off together. Are you ready? One, two, three. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Friends, the power of the blood of Jesus is so final it is so complete, its work is so complete, the only tool the enemy can come against you with is to remind you of your past and flack it back up again and suddenly you start feeling guilty. How do I overcome that? How do I overcome this? Friend, you will never overcome it in your own strength and by your own authority. But we have to accept this challenge from the Word of God. One thing we do, not because we're ignoring it, 
but because it's been dealt with. Hallelujah. We don't ignore the past, but we put it under the blood of Jesus. And I want to tell you, friend, by the when you put the past under the blood of Jesus through confession, then you are totally delivered and totally set free. And that's what happened in the house of Cornelius. And they were baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Amen. And then they were baptized in what? I love that because you can't put God in a box. Amen. You would think theologically, you know, that's not right, is it, Pastor Dave? They need to be baptized first and then they can get filled with the Holy Ghost because it says that's how it's going to be in Acts chapter 2. But I love it because Jesus frees us up from religious systems and organizations and just charges us with the power of God as he breaks in among us. Amen. So there's no ABC, friend. It's just open your heart and let Jesus drench you, let Jesus fill you, and allow the power of the blood of Jesus to bring a line of separation that the past is over and the new has come. But we have to accept that in our thinking and in our hearts that the past is over. And one thing we do, I love that because, again, he's stressing the seriousness of this. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on. Friend, you will never win the race by facing both ways. And maybe this morning, if the only challenge I bring to your heart is to set your face in the direction in keeping with the Word of God, I want to do that. We talked last night about distractions. We talked about how many things will come up, you will come up against in life. Paul says one thing. This is of top priority. One thing I do. Amen. My daughter, uh, we, I have such fun with my kids, you know. I, I love them so much. And, and uh, we were talking about lifestyle and my oldest daughter's had two kids and, you know, she's really a sharp, beautiful-looking woman. She takes after her mother, thank God. And <laughs> you wouldn't want a daughter with a nose like mine, would you, Pastor Dave? <laughs> you remember the story about when I came out of the womb and my aunt delivered me? She looked at my nose and said, it's a boy. <laughs> Either that, it's a really ugly woman. <laughs> <laughs> she saw me she said I think we better put him back in <laughs> no 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 joking aside thank you bro Clifford I thought you'd have got up a bit quicker than Pastor Dave then <laughs> so praise God where was I before Clifford interrupted me um, yes Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> so, yes, we're talking about ensuring that uh, we are setting our faces, as it were, like at flint in the purpose of God. And, and my daughter talked about, you know, where, she's at, she's where she is. She started running about five miles a day. She's, she's working flat out and she's living for Jesus. And we talked about it. And she said to me, Dad, forgive the person, uh, uh, personal uh, testimony here she said dad she says you know when it comes to food she said you are so disciplined uh, and I thought yes Lord amen because this uh, problem here is raised by Paul he says that God is their stomach 
And so what Jesus is talking about here to us is, is passions must be under control. Drives must be under control. We must be living with habits that are in keeping, with a lifestyle in keeping with the call that God has placed upon us. And sometimes that's drawing a line in the sand and saying, that's my past. This is who I am now, and this is where I'm going, and I'm determined to win the prize. Amen? I'm on my second point, so let's move on quickly. Then he says, whatever you do, forget the past. Uh, Paul is actually, in their minds, you know, there are many, many memories that you can't necessarily forget. And it's so easy for the enemy to flack them up. But that's where renewal of the mind comes in. Amen? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So when you put your head on your pillar, Pastor Dave and I were talking about that. He challenged me this morning about something I said to him. <laughs> you didn't dare think that I'd go public on it, did you, Dave? You should have known you'd given me ammunition, brother. Because <laughs> he said to me, Paul, how do you sleep at night? I says, well, usually I put my head on the pillar and go out like a light. I said, you see, that's the, the quality and the beauty of a clear conscience. <laughs> he never said anything when I said it. But as we were driving along this morning, my dear friend pastor dave said to me he says paul he says i've never forgot that statement what you were really saying is i couldn't he personally he couldn't possibly have a clear conscience because <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean that at all dave <laughs> so praise god forgetting the past and i just want to just develop that i i want you to really grasp that this morning because there is a liberty and a freedom that can come from that other people won't forget your past other people would be very good at reminding you about your past. They'll make sure that you don't forget it, but you can bring the response and say, well, that's under the blood of Jesus. And sometimes in church life, we feel bound and restricted because what are people going to think? Because everybody knows what I did and everybody knows what I was like. I can't rise to the heights that I know God wants me to because people will remember how I've been inconsistent, uncommitted, backslidden, in and out, shake it all about, do the okey-cokey and then come back to church. But listen, friend, in the power of the blood of Jesus, no matter what has been, you can reach the highest heights that God has called you to because you must live up to the height that God has called you to. Amen. Forget the past. Be released and let the restriction fall away from your heart and let liberty and joy come upon you. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And then I love the humility of Paul because he's actually saying, not that I've already attained it. He's not on a podium saying, you know, I'm right up here and everybody else is down there. No, no, no. We're in this together, in our togetherness, our partnership together. He says, no, not that I've already attained this or already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Jesus took hold of me for. And then thirdly, verses 20 and 21, you can read it as we go through. We eagerly await a savior from there. Paul actually wanted them to change perspective. You know, in church life, if you are so bound up and looking in, and looking at everybody else, you will always be aware of people's faults, 
but believe you me, they're also aware of yours. <laughs> and the church grows together, not through persuading everybody to come to agree with what we think, but it grows up in love as each part operates in love. Amen. In a little while, I'm going to share something with you, and I'm preaching from full notes. And these full notes were written before I came to this fellowship. And I want you to take it as a word from God because I'm discerning so much in my spirit. And I know you will. And so let me just move through slowly. I just want to jump this part, really. We eagerly await a savior from there. Paul was a Roman citizen. He was in Philippi, a Roman colony. And he reminds them his citizenship is not of Rome, of not of Philippi, it's of heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there. In this age when changing theology is threatening truth, let me tell you, we must stand our ground upon the word of God because we still eagerly await a savior from there. He's coming, hallelujah, and he's coming soon. And how he comes has been explained. Every eye will see him and we will meet him in the air. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? It's still to come. And then major thing I want to share with you this morning, you will find in chapter four of Philippians. And let me read the scriptures for you. Verse one, therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. Look how he had such deep affection for the church. That is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. And then here's a key thing. I plead with you, dear, and I plead with Sintage to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes. And I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Sometimes you can think you're in peace. But let me tell you, if you have an issue with a brother or a sister, you're not in peace. You can convince yourself you are, but you are not. And God says the peace will come when you forgive and when you release, when you correct and when you reconcile. You know, my friend, the reason why Paul stressed heaven's perspective before he made this major point was because if our eyes are on earth, we'll see every reason why we should be divided. But if our eyes are on heaven, we'll see every reason why we are united. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're united.
Now, you see, united does not necessarily mean you're going to get on with everybody or that you're going to like everybody. Amen. Come on. You see, your unity is not created because you like somebody or even because you're in deep relationship with somebody. Your unity is bigger than that because your unity is shaped in heaven. Your unity is because you have the same Father, you have the same Savior, you have the same Spirit, and you have the same future. Amen. You are belonging to the same family. So you do not have a choice whether to get on with someone or not get on with someone. You have no choice. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you've got no choice. You've got to love me. You've got to get on with me. <laughs> the, the, the devil is crafty. He is a crafty snake. And he knows if he can cause disunity, he's robbed you of your blessing. Now, you think, no, 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 he's robbed the church of the blessing. No, you are the church. I'm telling you, if you are not united in your spirit and your heart and you're not reconciled and you're not moving together as one body, then you will not see the blessing that God has destined for this church. But let me tell you something. I come in the name of Jesus and I call you to raise to a different level. The height, live up to the height that Jesus has lifted you to. Now you say, Pastor, are you saying there's serious problems in this church? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm doing what God has called me to do. You've got to assess that. That's not my job. And so I'm just discharging right now, and I'm asking you in Jesus' name to be reconciled to God and to one another. And I want to tell you, that's not always easy to do. And so here, the damage that can be done, we find in these verses... It can be done through disloyalty and through disunity. See, dis to be disloyal means to desert one's allegiance. Amen. To move away from commitment. And then disunity means to separate, disrupt, and estrange. I wonder if you're estranged from anybody in the family. I remember, I I'd prefer you to edit this before it goes out, this bit. I... I Oh, let me put it another way. When you're drawing your last breath, who's going to be on your mind? You might think it's everybody I love. There's a possibility. It may be the one you were unwilling to be reconciled to. And you might have to send for them to put it right. The better way is deal with it today and be free. So like Pastor Dave, you can put your head on your pillow at night <laughs> with a clear conscience <laughs> in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Are you here in my heart? And so Paul is used to handling personal attacks so are Miriam and I. But he's actually saying to his partners and his fellow workers, he's actually saying, he's comparing the yoke of slavery with the yoke of Christ. Who are you yoked to will determine how you operate. And God is saying to us this morning, yoke yourself to me willingly. 
But if you do yoke yourself to me willingly, it's not just about knowing a feeling or a level of the anointing. It's about operating in the same spirit. And that brings so many powerful confrontations for our hearts. So he's pleading with these two women, Judea and Sintich, to agree in the Lord. You see, some church strife had sprung up and there was a difference of opinions. And these ladies actually were possibly leaders in the church. You say, in the New Testament, surely not. Oh, yes. Praise God. Women leaders in the church. Read it. It's there. Amen. And so he's saying, come on. And so that takes it into a different level. And you can read about it in Acts. It's, it's recorded in Acts that actually these women were leaders of groups. So you think about what was going on in the church at Philippi, and I'll tell you exactly. You had two women leading strong groups who couldn't get on. That's what you had. And Jesus comes through the mouth of the apostle and says, I plead with you in the name of Jesus to lay aside any difference and be yoked together. And so as I started to preach last night about partnership and bringing this emphasis here, and we learned several things. I'll just skip through it really quickly. We learned that women were playing a major role. We learned that all of them, male and female, needed to learn to cooperate together with apostolic leaders and the authority in the church. We, we realized that Paul and all the leaders wanted to bring every effort so that they would cooperate together, deal with issues it was worth doing. And then Paul involved every fellow worker in seeing to this problem. And then I want to say two things as I close, because you've been so patient. Paul then says, in the light of everything here, rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Amen. Rejoice. It's not that every issue is dealt with and gone quickly and instantly, but deal with it and continue to rejoice. The pressures of life won't necessarily always make you happy, but rejoicing is beyond that. Amen? Rejoice in the Lord. And then my final and finally, Pastor Robert Robinson in the house. Amen. <laughs> my final and finally is let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not mistake gentleness. Do not mistake gentleness as weakness for weakness because Paul was a seriously strong man and so were those early church believers. I've had to learn the difference between reacting with the harshness of the flesh and protecting the sheep through the strength of the spirit. Amen. When you're a young man, a young pastor, you may have flew off the handle. <laughs> But actually, you soon realize you achieve more through a gracious love and an arm on a shoulder and a weeping together and an embrace and a gentle word. So, friend, in the love of Jesus, I bring a gentle word this morning with the seriousness of vocabulary.
that I believe God wanted me to deliver it with. You are partners together with Jesus. You are yoked together, permanently joined to him, part of the same family. You are also partners with one another. You have no choice. Friend, the challenge for us is being reconciled to God and be reconciled to one another. Protect the flock, protect the house, and walk in such a way that will glorify Jesus. Because this is a special place under the leaders, under the precious leadership of great people, and your destiny is great together. Let nothing divide you, but stand strong in the Lord. You are partners. And as I come, part of the family, I'm a partner with you. Amen? In Jesus' name. Shall we stand? Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal or download the sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk. Thank you.